We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, welcome to Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Uh, joining me right now is somebody who rocks yellow better than anybody I know, Chris Biederman. And we're going to talk about this 49ers Ravens Super Bowl preview? Question mark? Uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, but first, we got to tell you about the homies at Lamb Chops. SGLambchops.com. That's the website. And you get 20% off with the promo code Candlestick20. God, what's Lamb Chops? So first of all, listen to the ads more regularly. Second of all, it's the official clothing brand of Candlestick Chronicles. And we love Lamb Chops, man. I don't know whether I, I think if I had to, if I had to pick one item of Lamb Chops clothing that I, I could only pick one for the rest of my life. I'm having a really hard time deciding between the sweat shorts with the zippered pockets, which I'm wearing right now, which you've you've got on. I can see it underneath the zoom or the <laughs> whatever the video or the the ash gray hoodie. That's been getting a lot of run. It gets a lot of burn for your boy, especially in the morning. It's very run. cold out. It's warm. It's cozy. All of their stuff is comfortable. It's warm. Um, T-shirts got a it's little warm. bit more thickness to them. It's a Minnesota brand, so the, the, I think the T-shirts are perfect for this time of year. Sort of as a base layer. Um, Sacramento so, Sacramento winter is more like Minnesota, like fall. Sure. <laughs> I feel yeah. Like... <laughs> Sacramento like January is like Minnesota, like October. Yeah. Right. And um. So, but yeah, so I, I mean, it's just the month. And right. I'm season. just. I'm just adding some specificity, <laughs> um, but I got, you know, like where, wearing the sweatshorts around the house, phenomenal. Um, yeah. wearing the joggers out. I've, I've covered sporting events in, in the joggers and people are like, man, he looks comfortable. He looks stylish. What's that guy's deal? Guys, okay, both stylish um, and comfortable. <laughs> so no we, pockets. He can hold anything. <laughs> he can hold anything he wants in those damn pockets. I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm a huge fan of all the lamb chops clothing that I own. Um, comfortable, stylish, of course. And as you know, Kyle, they look dope and that's probably the most important thing. Yeah, I, I would agree that that is the single most important aspect of clothing is ensuring that it looks dope, and Lamb Chops sure does. You can look dope in your Lamb Chops. Just go to sglambchops.com today, use promo code CANDLESTICK20, get 20% off your order, and join the herd. Candlestick Chronicles is also sponsored by Cooperage Brewing. We love Cooperage. I Yesterday was a beer day for me, a Candlestick Chronicles hazy IPA day. It was great. Have dinner, sip a little Candlestick Chronicles, Hazy IPA. Great way to end the day, but great way to watch football. Maybe you're an oatmeal stout person this time of year. I do love a dark beer. I do love the oatmeal stout. You can snag some of that. Maybe you're into pills. Maybe you're into a seltzer, a hard seltzer. They got that. They got everything, man. I love Cooperage. You can get some Tommy Pastrami Hazy IPA. You can get some Sound Is Vibration, also a Hazy IPA. You get Straight okay. Merked Hazy IPA. You can get Candlestick Chronicles Merked. Hazy IPA. You can get a Cold IPA. You can get a Kurt Reynolds Pale Ale. You can get Dollar Dollar Pills, y'all. Nice little pun there. 
um, Mellow Sunshine Weed Ale. If Weed Ale is your jam, strawberry, watermelon, and mint sparkle pants. Um, you can get a Lager Life mix case, which is just a random assortment. And most importantly, you can get it all shipped directly to your door if you're of 21 or of of age, of age. 21 and up and uh and in the state of california and yeah home home of keg slayer i don't think they have any on sale right now or at least on the Look, website okay. but when if you can get some keg slayer would highly bro, recommend it bro it's a it's honestly i'm a clown because we're at our event it candlestick chronicles live pod at cooper's brewing we're at the event for candlestick chronicles and they you know get their order candle cron obviously up on the stage they drop off another one obviously after the event i am all keg slayer it's it's it is i I, maybe taking off my bias taking off my podcaster hat taking off my bias keg slayer might be my favorite beer of all time it's pretty good it's really really it's it's pretty good i mean can't can't candy cron can't beat a candy cron um on a hot day on a cold day um it's obviously named after this podcast the can looks amazing it has a very sentimental place in my heart um, totally but keg slayer is delicious and yeah. absolutely worth trying if you're at cooperage so, so shout out to cooperage go to the brewery in santa rosa if not um get go to their website cooperagebrewing.com and, and get beer shipped directly to your door it's awesome it's the best way to acquire beer all right let's talk niners ravens Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Kittle in Denver territory. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. Bosa's got him, and he'll sack him back inside the 30-yard line. Nick Bosa drops Aaron Rodgers for a 13-yard loss. Super Bowl preview time, Chris. Does the fact that these two teams are going to meet up in January change the fact or change your thoughts on whether the 49ers should play all their guys? Maybe they just go out and kind of kneel on it. You don't want to open up the playbook too much. Maybe you t- maybe you rest your starters in this game instead of week 18. I mean, the possibilities are endless. Um, well, first I want to address something you said. You, you said I was wearing yellow. This is a cream color this is like a, oh a light khaki cream color might look yellow <laughs> in video it's uh it's an ohio state hoodie it's my favorite right. one of my favorite new hoodies obviously along with lamb chops but just wanted to set the record straight there um let's run it hang on let's run it back uh <laughs> comments are about the 49ers right team. Uh, joining me now as always uh, the person who looks better in cream than anyone I know. Thank you. Chris Peterman. Appreciate that. Great. Um, Covered in cream. (laughs) No. So, yeah, I mean, I I think the 49ers are going to treat this like a really big game, right? Like, I think the 49ers are in the mode now where they are preparing for a Super Bowl run. They are um, ramping up the intensity, knowing that it's going to be extremely difficult, potentially the hardest thing any of these guys have ever done in their careers, which is to match um, the expectations of what the season's become, which is a Super Bowl type run, right? Like this mm-hmm. is this is a team that is historically good from DVOA numbers, right? Aaron Schatz at FTN has has written multiple times that this Niners team weighted DVOA through 14 games or 15 games, whatever it is now says that this is the best DVOA team since the 2007 Patriots. Um, And so like with a team that has had this type of ramp up, right? Like this is a team that went to the Super Bowl in 2019 and then went, you know, they had 2020, which is basically a lost year in the pandemic and everyone got hurt and then went to the NFC championship game two years in a row. And a lot of those core players have gotten that taste and are really frustrated by the fact that they haven't won a Super Bowl yet. Mm-hmm. And so this might be this group's last best chance, right? Like who mm-hmm. knows what the health situation is going to be like next year. Trent Williams is going to be a year older, right? He's already 35. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows if the composition of the roster is going to be exactly the same. Are you going to have Eric Armstead? 
Um, are you going to, you know, some, some of these expensive guys, um, like, are you going to be able to keep everybody because you're going to have to make concessions at some point because you are going to have to pay Brock Purdy presumably after next year. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have to start looking forward to a very different financial landscape when he's making, you know, if he continues to play, if he plays next year, like he did this year, he's going to be a 50, $60 million year quarterback. That's just what it's going to be. Yep. Um, and the, the quarterback situation is not, it's not, you know, the best quarterback gets paid. It's when are you a free agent and you are the guy who sets the market. That's why Jimmy Garoppolo was for a time, the highest paid quarterback in NFL history when he first got his deal in, in February, 2018. So this is really precious for all these guys careers, right? Like this is, this is a very unique moment in time. And what Monday night to me represents is well it's not obviously it's not win or go home it's win and then put your step on the neck of the rest of the conference when it comes to getting the one seed because mm -hmm. all you'll have to do is win one of your remaining two games one of those games which is the next week against washington obviously a very winnable game imminently that winnable that might allow you to rest some of your key guys in week 18 so you have a super fresh team with potentially two weeks off going also, into the playoffs also i don't know if anybody watched the rams the last couple of weeks and tonight we're recording this thursday night you don't want to go into week 18 needing to beat the rams yeah that is exactly. not a scenario that i know the 49ers have you know beat them a bunch of times in a row uh, in the regular season and all that that is not a team that I think anybody in the NFC wants smoke with right now. You would much rather just have Sam Darnold go out there and hand the ball off to Jordan Mason and have Ross Dwelly catch six passes. And you if know, he's two, back from his high ankle, if you, right. If you can get Danny gray on the field, maybe get him a little burn, Chris Connolly, see if he can be a deep threat for you. Right. Get, like get Danny gray on the field. We got to get him on the roster doc. Yeah, no, I know. We got some you, work get, you, you, get, you get my point. Like, <laughs> Like, obviously, the 49ers would love to, um, you know, like you want you want to be super sharp. But for me, like, given that this is a veteran roster and that, you know, you really, really need that one seed. If winning winning Monday night puts you a, a week closer towards getting that one seed and is a step closer towards potentially getting to rest your guys week 18, if you have the one seed wrapped up by week 17. So yeah. I, this is, this is a big game less from a standpoint of like, can they beat the Ravens? Is it, is it, does it mean, is it going to give them a whole lot of confidence if they did have to play the Ravens in the Super Bowl? Like that, I don't think really matters, right? Like the Niners are confident enough that even if they were to lose Monday, they would think they, they, it wouldn't be like a kick to the gut and their confidence would be shook if they like went to the Super Bowl and had to play the Ravens. This 49ers team knows they can beat anybody. They know that right. they're historically good, potentially. So I, I look at it just as a super important game from the standpoint of getting the one seed, getting the bye, and mm -hmm. like just seeing where you stack up against a truly elite team. Mm -hmm. Because the Cowboys on the road, obviously not an elite team. The Cowboys are three and four on the road. Yeah. Dak Prescott is a mediocre to maybe less than mediocre on the like quarterback on the road. If you just look purely at his road numbers, right? Right, right. So that Sunday night game that they had against the Cowboys might not mean nearly as much given the way the Cowboys season has gone and the way they've played on the road. The Eagles right. now, as big as that game felt in the moment, the Eagles now look a little bit fraudulent. And I think you and I correctly said that they were probably closer to a four or five loss team than than a one loss team, or maybe, I don't know, at that time, a three loss team, whatever that they, they weren't as good as a record said. Right. Right. And that's coming very much to fruition. And so this game on Monday against Baltimore offers the 49ers a, the best test they're going to get this season, yeah. the best team. And then they will be able to sharpen the edges and figure out where they need to improve going into the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, the Ravens offer, I think, different challenges than than Philadelphia and Dallas specifically. In that, like Philadelphia, we knew that defense going in was like really vulnerable, particularly in the middle of the field, and particularly with their linebackers and with their safeties. And if you have 
weaknesses in coverage at linebacker and safety, Kyle Shanahan is going to exploit that and exploit that and exploit that and break your defense that way. We, we've seen that, I mean, since 2017, really. And I don't think you're necessarily going to be able to do that with, with Baltimore. And then you add in the Lamar Jackson element where, like, Jalen Hurts was an MVP candidate, and I guess, I mean, technically still is, but at, at the time of at, at week 13, like, he was the MVP candidate. But a lot of it was because of late-game comebacks, because he hadn't been good early in games, and all these rushing touchdowns, but then you find out that of his 10 rushing touchdowns, like, nine of them were on tush pushes and it just was kind of like, okay, he's having a fine year, but is he really, but Lamar is like legit. Lamar is really, really good. And with their new offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin, it's not the Greg Roman passing game anymore. It's not the super simple, you know, I mean, just go harken back to the Niners of 2011, 12 and 13. And I guess 14, like that was not a super advanced passing attack by any means. So, I think that now they have a new OC. Lamar's having his best season ever as a as a passer. He's still super dynamic as a runner. Is he as dynamic as Brock Purdy? You know, jury's still out. But <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, he's it jokes aside. He's he's super like the best running quarterback of, of all time. Just and, barely, just one one hundredth of a second more bursty than Brock Purdy. <laughs> basically the same guy it's crazy it's like i was watching purdy highlights i was like wait which quarterback is this it's it's yeah. what shanahan said in that presser leading up to stop. the 2021 draft dude. stop he found his lamar jackson and drew Brees hybrid we're there this is nirvana <laughs> hey real quick As... just on that just on that the ravens are good that was a that was a point um <laughs> I know that we all got caught up in the Lamar Jackson of it, of it and if if you know you know here. Uh, we're gonna, <laughs> I know a lot of people got caught up in the Lamar Jackson of it. I'm still hung up on the Drew Brees of it. Can we fucking relax? Drew Brees <laughs> threw for five thousand yards like eight times in his career. Drew Brees is a first ballot Hall of Famer, no doubt, stone cold lock for Canton. Brock Purdy has started like 20 games. Can we just pump the brakes a little? Yeah, no, that's that's fair. That's fair. I, I, <laughs> as as the person who asked Kyle Shanahan that question that led to the uh comment about wanting sick uh, uh Drew Brees common comboed with Lamar Jackson in that Zoom press conference leading up to the 21 draft. There is no way Kyle Shanahan was talking about like a pretty functionally athletic quarterback, right? Like we can, we can consider Brock Purdy a pretty functionally athletic quarterback. Like when he was talking about Lamar Jackson or even mentioning Lamar Jackson, he was like, yeah, you'd want a pocket quarterback like Drew Brees and a guy who might be the best running quarterback we've ever seen. <laughs> Not, <laughs> not some, not. And, and we're looking for no... Drew Brees with the functional athleticism of a Lamar Jackson. <laughs> like we're not, we're, and, and this is no disrespect to Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy is is certainly more athletic than he gets credit for, and he can he be make he's really good at making plays outside of structure of the offense. But when Kyle Shanahan made that comment, it was like, yeah, we want we want. A, a combination of Tom Brady and Mike Vick, right? right. Like it, it wasn't, it wasn't like, Oh, in my head, I, I want this guy who can make these subtle little movements and like, yeah, right. <laughs> let but alone, that's, okay. But that's uh, go ahead. Well, let alone from the fact that we don't actually have any recorded times of Lamar Jackson's 10, nah, well, 10 yard split. <laughs> so here's here. Let's just to, just to kind of bring this back to reality for a second. The thing about that is like, it took because because Brock Purdy's ten yard burst, whatever one five five or whatever, is is genuinely like that's a good that's a good number, and I think you see it in his escapability, in the way he moves around the pocket, in the way he he can when he does take off and run. Like it's not he's not a slow lumbering guy by any means. He is a functionally good athlete. All and correct. I think, yeah, and I think you see in some of the throws he makes, the way he can flip his hips. I, it is, he is a very, very good athlete for the position, and I think it is part of the reason that he is really, really, really good. 
He but did, that if does you were not to tell... make, I, bringing Lamar Jackson into it just <laughs> makes the just takes a conversation to Looneyville. Like, dude, like Brock Purdy is an is a very good athlete, and it shows on a snap oh, after snap basis, and you it shows in the the play calls that Kyle Shanahan runs or the play calls that Kyle Shanahan makes for for them because of the things that Purdy can do athletically. But yeah, that does the, not make him Lamar Jackson. The the internet take um that we're talking about and if you're if you're unclear just do do some searching on x formerly twitter just google and, lamar uh, jackson 10 yard mm, split and yeah it's it's really good angle. it's really good stuff really humorous stuff um but no just that's just an aside because it's 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 humor man it's just entertainment that's all that's all it really is at this point but uh i have no, so I many mean, i have so many jokes in my drafts for monday night <laughs> I'm really excited. <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to seeing those. So, but no, that so like let, let's talk about Lamar Jackson because I I do think it's it's going to be interesting to see how the 49ers defend him because I don't think the plan is going to be like it was for when they played Jalen Hurts, right? Like Jalen Hurts, they were pretty much like we are not going to aggressively try to pressure Jalen Hurts and allow him lanes to escape and burn us on second reaction plays, right? It was very much like we are going to rush forward and not take the bait and allow him to make a move on us and find space to where he can use his legs and run for, you know, chunk plays or first downs or whatever. They were very much like, we're just going to stay here and make him come to us. I don't think you can do that with Lamar Jackson because I think Lamar Jackson is a more instinctual runner. I think he's just a more explosive runner. Mm-hmm. I and agree. I also think Lamar is a better playmaker um, when it comes to making throws outside of structure too. Like he's I probably agree. the best playmaking quarterback in the NFL. And the other, um, the other, the other thing, just real quick, just along those lines, you mentioned Fred Warner and that play in particular, and our, our buddy Nate reached out about this. Um, that play where Hurts, I think it was the third down, and he scrambled, and Warner just put his heels on the first down marker and was like, "Nope." Yeah, like the, this is as far as you're going to go. A, I don't think that'll necessarily work with Jackson because I, I one, I think Jalen Hurts is like banged up. It's very clear to me that he's not the dynamic athlete that he was last year. But that's a separate thing. Yeah. Um, Lamar is a is right now today uh, a a far better runner and far more elusive runner. Where I don't think you can just kind of plop down in the middle of the field and be like, all right, he's going to come to me, like you said. The other thing is Isaiah Likely, their tight end, is super athletic and Lamar looks for him all the time the way he did for Mark Andrews. And so the Niners are going to have to devote resources to covering the tight end in ways they did not against 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 Philadelphia because Dallas Goddard was out. So that's another uh, wrinkle to the Lamar Jackson uh, playmaking stuff that that helps negate athletic players in the second level like Dre Greenlaw and and Fred Warner uh, just kind of keeping him from from breaking out. Yeah. And I think there's a possibility, like even Fred Warner in space could get juked and dusted by Lamar Jackson. Like yes. that's, Thousands. you know what I mean? It's so it, it's going to be a full, it's going to be a full team effort um, slowing I... him down. I don't know. The one thing I would say, and Nick has pointed this out in the group chat, shout out to our favorite cast member who's getting his, his uh, one per show shout out here. But Nick, Wagner I don't know. For ESPN. I don't know that. Yeah. I don't know that Baltimore has the weapons. Like I don't, Say what you want about Odo Beckham Jr. Obviously, at a very different phase in his career. Sure, right. They An just effective lost third receiver at this point. They just lost uh, one of their running backs, whose name is currently escaping me on Sunday night um, uh, for the season. Keaton Mitchell. Keaton Mitchell. Thank you. And Zay Flowers, I think, is fine, but probably Zay Flowers is good. He's he's good. He's still he's still a rookie receiver. Like I just don't. I don't know that one of those guys is going to have like 140 yards and eight catches and like no do what it might take to no no I I don't agree or I I don't disagree. Let me pause on this real quick because I have one more Fred Warner thing to say. Mm-hmm. Can I make a quick prediction? Sure. At some point, Lamar Jackson is going to shake Fred Warner out of his shoes, <laughs> and ju- and. Trey Aikman is going to be like, and that's Fred Warner. That's the best. That's the best linebacker in the game. And Lamar Jackson just da da da. That's going to happen. That's a thousand percent going to happen. 
Just FYI, everybody. Um, as far as the the receivers go and their playmakers go, I I totally agree that you're not worried about them the way you're worried about. Yeah, I mean Devonte Smith or AJ Brown or CD Lamb and right. uh, Brandon Cooks or Tony Pollard or whoever. I don't. I, I I'm totally there, but. I think they are good enough and functionally good enough that on third and nine, uh, Lamar Jackson extends the play a little bit and Odell Beckham Jr. finds some room on the sideline for a first down. Or Zay Flowers on a little end around, finds some room and uh, gets an explosive play on the ground. Um, Lamar, you know, buying time in the pocket, finds Isaiah Likely down the seam. Like there's, there's, I think, enough there with what Lamar Jackson can do uh, with his arm because his arm talent's crazy, but then buying time with his legs and scrambling that I, I think it that in itself makes his weapons more dangerous than they probably are in a vacuum. Yeah. Also Rashad Bateman is on the team. That's another player. He's a good player. It's fine. I, w- I watch him in college. Big 10 guy. I don't think, uh, I think Zay flowers would be the Niners number three receiver. But I don't think Odell Beckham Jr. or or Rashad Bateman is would play a ton for the Niners. Bateman might. I could see a lot of eleven personnel being played if they got OBJ. Hmm. You think? I mean, he's not like washed, washed. I know, but does he block? Can he block? I genuinely have no idea. I mean, you could. They, they could make it work. <laughs> I think OBJ would be a, a pretty good third receiver in this offense. Okay. IMO. Okay. That's fair. I'm pulling up his numbers now. I just got to know if OBJ's got that dog in him. I think I think he's got that dog in him. I mean, yeah, I mean, that. 32 catches, 519 yards, three touchdowns. It's not... Hasn't been crazy good there. Yeah, Zay I Flowers. Think is, fun, I think it's also a function of their offense a little bit. Yeah, Zay Flowers is having a, a much more productive season than OBJ. Zay Flowers has sixty-five catches on ninety-two targets. Zay Flowers OBJ is he has more than twice the catches of OBJ. Yeah, on thirty percent more targets. Yeah, I just I I think I think what makes the Ravens tough. Well, uh, first of all, all of this comes back to for me. If Javon Hargrave and Eric Armstead are both going to be out again, I think the Ravens are just going to get behind their offensive line and run it 60 times and just do uh, read option stuff and cook. Yeah. That's I, what, uh, what I think the game plan would be. Yeah. I, for me, I think when it comes to the Ravens, I'm pro- as good as Lamar Jackson is, I think their defense poses a bigger problem than their offense as a whole. I agree. Like if, I definitely if agree. the their Ravens can play, if the Ravens win, I think it turns into an ugly, grimy, like defensive game. And they win like 17, 14 mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. Um, and you know, like it's the, like the difference ends up being like a missed field goal or a turnover or a special teams play, right? Like I, I think the Ravens are really good on special teams and the Niners special teams numbers have not been particularly good. I know from a DVOA perspective, the Niners, I think are 24th. The Ravens are 17th in special teams grade, according to PFF. It's a Hmm. strong Kelly green there. The 49ers are a 67.0. It's more of a, hmm. It's more of a like. (laughs) Is it yellow? (laughs) <laughs> no it's not it's definitely not yellow is yellow is doing the green in the color d- a disservice it's more like what's the what's the the name of the of the ghost from ghostbuster slimer yeah i think it's more of a slimer green okay to me if i'm remembering his color correctly Sorry, green's was, pretty good on the pff this, color wheel isn't it it's like a it's cross between it's it's a mix between yellow and green for sure. So like a light green. So obviously dark green is better than the lighter green. And then yeah, when you get obviously. into the blue, that's when you're like in the nineties, like an elite player. Like right. Trent that's, Williams. The Niners overall blue. grade is a dark blue. Yeah. Trent Williams grades are forever dark blue. It's so funny. On PFF. 
I just, uh, uh, this is nothing against PFF. I just really enjoy them like trying to quantify everything and then having colors associated with the grades. It's, it's, it's the great. 49ers have a 53.7 pass block grade. That is a creamsicle orange. That's bad. And the Ravens lead the NFL in sacks. Yeah. The that's the, okay. So here's the two things with the Ravens defense. You were just talking about this becoming like a, became like a, uh, like a or this becoming a defensive kind of knockdown drag out type of game what the ravens can do on their defensive line they have an interior lineman named justin matabuike who is sick he is really really good and then they can pressure you off the edge they have like kyle vanoy is just like a rotational edge for them he's a really really good player a really effective player jadavian clown he's uh on that on that team now i'm gonna butcher the pronouncing of uh of I think it's a Dafe Owe, I believe is how you pronounce that. Mm-hmm. Um, he is, again, another just really, really good player. Yeah, Adafe Owe, I believe, is is how you pronounce Penn, that. Penn State. Penn State legend, for sure. Yep. Shout out Big Ten. Um, Hackensack, New Jersey, stand up. Yeah, so, uh, and, and, and that's, <laughs> so their defensive line is really good, but they have, I think, in, in Kyle Hamilton, their safety, their second-year safety former first round pick and then Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith, all former first round picks. They have the athleticism in the second level and the coverage skills in the second level to be, I think more effective than we've seen any defense be against the 49ers save for Cleveland. Yeah. I, I think a lot of those, I think a lot of the, the kind of easy throws that, that Purdy gets, especially when he's under pressure, aren't necessarily going to be there in the middle of the field. So that's going to be interesting to see how the, how the Niners combat that because they'll obviously know they're going to, the, the, I'm not breaking news here, but I, I definitely think that they're going to have to do something creative and different to, to get some of the, the throws in the, in the throwing lanes that Purdy's used to having. Yeah. The Ravens have some of their best players where the 49ers do a lot of their best work, right? That's in the middle of the field, right? Mm -hmm. So you mentioned Kyle Hamilton and you mentioned, um, the linebackers. One thing that's interesting, though, is the most yards the Ravens have allowed this season came two weeks ago against the Rams. And that, obviously that game went to overtime. So I think that yardage played a role potentially. Mm-hmm. But the Rams probably had the most success against the Ravens of any other team. Mm-hmm. Um, and so obviously the Rams and the 49ers run very similar versions of of Kyle Shanahan's offense. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I wonder if there's, a, if there's going to be a lot to take away from that game a few weeks ago. And on the other side, like, can the Ravens look at that and say, we need to be better in these areas against this offense? And yeah. are they going to make adjustments the other way? That's, that's going to be really fascinating. Um, and I, look, I, if, you, if you're just like a football fan, if you're a, a, the Niners offense versus the Ravens defense is like as good as it gets, really. It's going to be so fun. It's going to be really fun. And then you have the Niners defense against Lamar Jackson, which is also fun. I'm like I, personally very excited. I think it would be a little bit disappointing if San Francisco steamrolled Baltimore the way they did Dallas and Philly. That'd be kind of a bummer. Unless you're a 49ers fan and then you're well, yeah. like, okay, this is, <laughs> this sure, is pretty awesome. Sure. If they, if they, if they, if that happens, I will be on this podcast. Like, where's the parade like let's play it <laughs> listen and, to this podcast you'll be like oh they won by 40 shit so <laughs> bummed. like ah oh. no i i just i was going along the lines of being if you're a football guy yeah. and you're like man this is gonna be an awesome game i'm locked in and the niners are just that much better than the second best team in the league be like oh <laughs> like well it, yeah it, it would it, be it would be fun to see them play a really close game against a good team yeah, and, I, I talk, and honestly, I think that would be when you talk playoffs and Super Bowl. I think it'd be better for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they haven't they haven't played a close game since the Minnesota game. I genuinely like. I don't think it's off the table that they do that again. What lose that that no, like the Minnesota that they game? just kind of steamrolls. Baltimore. No, I don't think it's off the table either. They're that good. I think I have a ton of respect, and I think Baltimore's really, really good. 
have a ton of respect for them, and I, I, I believe this game will be close. But going into the Dallas game, I was like, this is going to be like the playoff game last year. I was so convinced about that. It didn't go that way. The Philly game, I'm going, I think they have a chance to win, but I think it's going to be really tight. I, I think Purdy's going to struggle. Did not go that way. And here I go into this Ravens game, and I'm going, I think it's going to be really tight. I think Purdy's going to have a hard time because of X, Y, and Z. And maybe it just doesn't matter, dude. Maybe all of this, the this team can do this, and the Niners, and they can expose this weakness and that. Like Maybe it just doesn't freaking matter. So, Nate Tice, uh, who pod, podcasts for The Athletic and, and writes for Yahoo, had had a really interesting thing. Um, he, he writes a piece called the overhang and uh, he did a, a Niners Ravens breakdown and, and he talked about the Niners offense. And I think what he talked about is the reason why the 49ers are so tough to defend and why they can just dominate. I'm sorry, also. who is this? Nate Tice. Got it. Um, and basically what he wrote, was that and I think he, he used to coach in the league. His dad is Mike Tice. So I think yeah, he, he played was a quarterback at Wisconsin. Yeah, he was he was uh I don't want to speak for him, but I know he was he was in the league. I don't know his resume. Anyway, <laughs> he talked about the 49ers having multiple calls every time they break the huddle, and they basically change plays based on what the defense is doing. So mm-hmm. the reason one of the main reasons for all their motions is it's not just as simple as like, you know, identifying a mismatch and putting somebody in motion to go take advantage of that mismatch. It's to basically have the defense declare whether or not they're in zone or man before the snap. Right. And then they react accordingly. And like I was just thinking about it, like no matter how good your defense is, if you have Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel and George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk at your disposal and you can basically dictate what you're like, where the mismatch is going to be on any single play, whether the defense is in man or zone and, and taste talked to Tice, Nate Tice talked about, you know, like the amount the 49ers pass against man coverage mm-hmm. and the amount that they throw to Christian McCaffrey in zone coverage. Like there are very distinct numbers that say, um, the 49ers are far more prone to throw to Christian McCaffrey in zone coverage, which makes sense because if you're playing zone and, you know, if it's cover three and you have the the secondary playing deep, well, who's going to be the guy who, who can find space with option routes, you know, in the middle of the field where mm-hmm. when the deep's up taken away, it's Christian McCaffrey. So right. like the Niners essentially have answers for anything a defense throws at them, mm-hmm. which is why. Brock, which is a major reason why Brock Purdy can overcome that offensive line that just isn't very good, like you mentioned earlier. Right. And lost in the Brock, and this isn't a side, lost in the Brock Purdy MVP conversation. Everyone talks about like, oh, he's surrounded by weapons and blah blah blah. He's also playing behind a not good pass blocking offensive line. It's Trent Williams <laughs> and a bunch of schmoes, really, ben, when it comes I, to pass blocking. So, like, have you seen that Ben Baldwin chart? It's like quarterback production on one axis and then pass blocking. I think it's pass blocking is on the X axis and quarterback production. And Purdy's dot is like horrible pass blocking, but his production is just like through the roof. He's like way high in the left, right? Yeah, Yeah. just a huge outlier. Yeah. All alone. It's really funny. All those all those good podcasting by me. Yeah. All those graphs are really funny. It's like Brock Purdy, like all in his lonesome in some random spot. Yeah. But hey, none of that matters. Or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Now, I, I, the, again, the thing I can't, Mike McDonald, their, their defensive coordinator, Baltimore's defensive coordinator, is really, really good at not having the same game plan. Like he is a opponent specific game plan kind of guy. And that's what Bill Belichick's known for, right? Like he'll be a 4 3 one week and then he'll come out in like a bare front the next week, football guy term. And then it'll come out the next week in like a three, four. And then it just, it's all, it's all going to change and it's going to be opponent dependent. So I think that's going to be something that, that we see a little bit this week is the Ravens mixing, mixing things up and maybe throwing some things at, at the Niners offense that other coordinators haven't really been able to do. Yeah. And they have the talent to do it. They do. Like I could see, 
it's one of those games where I think all outcomes are on the table. Like even against Philadelphia, I thought the 49ers were clearly like the better team, but the Eagles had mucked so many games up yeah, and pulled right. games out of their hind parts in so many different ways that like it was, you know, you could see that potentially happening in that game. And the Niners just dominated. I could see the Niners having a similar game where it's like, okay, nobody can beat this team, but I can mm-hmm. also see the Ravens winning. I could see it being ugly and close. I could see, I mean, there could be injuries. Who knows? Knock on wood. We don't want there to be any injuries. But like to me, I just think the Niners are so good right now that it would have to take an injury somewhere or some weird stuff happening for the Niners to lose. Like Trent Williams yeah, gets rolled up on in the second quarter, and then the Ravens get out to a to a seven point lead, and the Niners just don't have like can't run left sure and they don't have the pass protection yeah no i i i mean yeah it doesn't there's uh we have not seen yet that there is a team that can line up and beat this version of the 49ers when healthy just in a hey that team just won like it was a good football game and that they were just a better team they just haven't really seen that yet and maybe Baltimore's that team. I don't know, but I've you know they've looked really impressive when they when they boat raced the Lions at home and they boat raced Seattle at, at home when they were when when Seattle was was cooking and but then you go watch them last week against Jacksonville. It's like that ah, wasn't super impressive. So I don't no. know. I don't know. Like they win games. The craziest we haven't mentioned this yet. Oh, yeah. The craziest Ravens stat is that they've been leading every single game they've played at the two minute warning. Insane. Of the fourth quarter. <laughs> also, tough that they've lost three games like that. <laughs> right. It's like, it's equally incredible that they've led every single game through, what, 58 minutes? Mm-hmm. And then lost three of them. Like, yeah. those, both of those facts are equally incredible to me. So, maybe, maybe that's just like, I mean, obviously, that's not a stat that's sustainable. Like, the Niners, it wouldn't be in surprising at all if the 49ers were somehow winning by the two minute warning right <laughs> but yeah, that, no, no, that's no. a wild stat like they are both like really good and tested in like all sorts of crazy late game scenarios which right frankly, it's, it's, the 49ers have not been like they just haven't really been tested in late game situations well and and every time it gets it, the the ones they have you know that 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 Bengals game there were a couple possessions late where they could have made it a game and they and they didn't and then obviously the the Vikings game, we haven't seen them do this play in a close game where they were they had their dudes, and so that'll if they do that'll be an entirely new thing. In the Cleveland game, Trent Williams was banged up and hurt. Debo Samuel was banged up and hurt. Christian McCaffrey was banged up and hurt. Mm-hmm. There was the ridiculous incomplete pass that should have been a fumble at the end of the second half. Oh, yeah. um, there was two Jake Moody missed field goals, including a potential game winner. And I'm not like throwing that game out, but like a whole lot of that. That's sort of like the weird stuff I'm I'm talking about. That, right. Like, yeah. M- might be the way like if 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 you beat the Niners right now, it just it might just take a whole bunch of weird stuff happening. Yeah. And then I, in I Minnesota, a... they didn't have Trent. They didn't have Debo. Uh, Brock Purdy got drilled in the head in a quarterback sneak and later had to be in the concussion protocol. Um, and you had the the cover zero blitz that led to a touchdown in a game that you lost by a score mm-hmm. at the end of the first half, right? So that was weird. Yeah. And then, and then the Cincy game was like, since he was coming off a bye, the Niners had a short week, and the energy levels of the two teams just looked completely different. Yeah, I, I, I mean. That's I I don't I don't have a lot to add. <laughs> You're right. That's the I don't. We've not walked away from a game just going like, oh, that was the better team today. And right, I I, I that's the one thing I don't think that we're going to be doing here is sitting here on on Monday night or Tuesday or whenever we're recording, um, and being like, man, Niners just aren't the best team in the league. They just got outclassed. I don't. I don't think yeah. that will necessarily be the case at all. So, yeah. 
I agree. Um, there was a good question. I think you started. Yeah. Favorited it from Caroline in the in the in the chat. We're on YouTube streaming. We appreciate everyone hanging out with us on YouTube. Um, if you listen to the podcast, yeah, hit 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 the like button, hit subscribe. It helps the channel, helps the podcast. That's all. That's all super helpful. Um, and if you're already here in in the YouTube chat, subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get it. Um, Caroline asks, as journalists slash podcasters, do Niner games landing on Christmas night enhance your holiday experience, or is it a tonal pain in the ass for you personally? Just curious. I'll let you go first. Yeah. Um, it, it definitely doesn't enhance it for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, cause I like I, Christmas is my favorite holiday and I, I love just getting to sit around with my family and and have some drinks and and enjoy the evening and with a game it's like you got to be locked in and you got to be writing and you got to be following stuff and you got to be taking notes and all this and that so it's definitely it doesn't i wouldn't say it enhances it but i'm definitely not like dreading it it doesn't i it doesn't um it's not like a bad thing like it's not hard work (laughs) it's a game i was going to be watching anyways it's just not like if this was good, if this was a non-Niner game, if this was going to be Ravens, uh, gosh, I don't even know. There, if this is going to be Ravens Dolphins or Ravens Bills or Ravens, I don't know. Pick, pick a, pick a team. If this is going to be a game like that, it'd be like, yeah, I'm going to kick my feet up and I'm going to sit there and watch it and veg out and uh, just be a be a sports fan. But um, yeah, so I'm not. If a, if I had my druthers, I would not have the 49ers playing on holidays, but. I'm also not going to sit here and be like, oh, my d- Christmas was ruined. It's not. That's no, I'm still going to have a great day because but honestly, like if I'm keeping I don't know how y- your families do do Christmas. If, if you celebrate the holiday, if not, uh, you know, fine. Um, or or Hanukkah, or, whatever. One yeah, whatever, whatever holiday you celebrate this time of year. God, for me, it's Christmas. So if you do that, great. If you don't, I, great. I get, do whatever makes you and your family happy. Um we're done by like two o'clock like we're all done everything's done we're gonna sit around the rest of the day so about 5 15 is uh having a having a game come on it'll be great um when when i was covering the team obviously i covered the team as a beat writer for i don't know how long uh from 13 to 21 um and i only covered one thanksgiving game I did, and I was single at the time, so it wasn't really all that problematic. But (laughs) it obviously, like, when life changes in that way, then it gets a little bit more complicated when you look at the schedule and you're like, oh, the Niners play on Thanksgiving, and oh, they play on Christmas Day. Um, Obviously not ideal, but as somebody who's not around the team daily anymore, it's it's a little bit easier for me and we have Mm -hmm. the freedom to podcast whenever we want. And I don't write on deadline about the team um, anymore. So it's not uh, like if it look, if I were still a beat writer, I would, I would probably be a little bit saltier about the schedule because be like, I just gave you Thanksgiving. I spent Thanksgiving in Seattle away from the fam. And now I have to work on Christmas day also, but at least it would be in Santa Clara, but no, like, it's kind of fun. Like my dad's going to come over. We're going to barbecue. Um, you and I are not podcasting Christmas. Yeah, no, not, not podcasting night. Christmas night. That's going to be late. And once yeah, the game's over, I want to finish up my writing and be with my family. Yeah, we don't. I want also might to, be like several drinks in. We're not going to have our uh, our producer like have to, you know, cut cut all this up on yeah on christmas like <laughs> shout, shout out, tyler, out to tyler way. tyler bus his ass for us we're not gonna ask him to do that so um we'll we'll have some content after the game for sure it might it might just be tuesday morning um but no like it's fun like i i know some people who love who like ooh niners are covering a game on thanksgiving like that's super cool it's a unique opportunity and i'm like yeah i guess <laughs> but I, I would way rather like have time with my family and like cover you know like work on normal sundays as opposed yeah. to like thanksgiving and christmas is tough i'm not a new year's person but they also play on new year's eve like i don't know if we'll ever see the niners play on thanksgiving christmas day and new year's eve ever again like this feels kind of unique Dang, from that perspective. that's nuts isn't it 
So, Holiday yeah. team. Yeah. All right, it's time for prize picks. It's my favorite thing about watching sports is daily fantasy sports from prize picks, the largest DFS platform in America. And we play this every week. It is, like I said, it's my new favorite thing. And it's super easy. You pick two to six players with stat projections to create an entry. And then you pick more or less on those stat projections and you watch a winning pileup. It's super easy. And right now they have this really fun thing. And Chris, I'm going to hand this off to you after this, because you are a big demon guy. You are on demon time. (laughs) That's a phrase I just made up. There are demons and goblins on, on various entries and entries containing is according to prize picks entries containing a demon or goblin that'll pay out a little bit differently than your standard entries you can only pick more on the demon projections those are harder to win but the entry qualifies for higher payouts up to 100 times the normal payout that is nuts then there's goblins there's a little green guys demons are little red guys goblins little green guys they're a little easier to win because they love the green, but those come with they pay out multipliers, but they're a, a little bit lower than the ones you'll get with the demons. So uh, really, really fun entries. And Chris, I think you went all demon this week. I went three demons out of my four and one's a regular, but um, no, we're going all demons. If you've been listening to the podcast and, and my prize picks all year, you would know that it hasn't gone great for me. And the plan here is to just take big swings every week and win it all back at once. Um, so I am going I am going three demon picks uh, when it comes to my 49ers plays. Um, Brandon Ayuk, more than 89 and a half uh, receiving yards. And that's in part because Cooper Cup, a couple weeks ago when the Rams played in Baltimore, 115 yards for him. Um, so as good as Marlon Humphrey is, uh, I do think the 49ers can can get some yardage out of Brandon Ayuk, um, given his route running and given how how strong the connection is, the chemistry with him and Brock Purdy, even though they did have a couple hiccups on a couple of deep balls last week in Arizona. Um, I think Brandon Ayuk might have a big play or two and will be well over the 89 and a half mark. Um you're going to love this one, Kyle. Jake Moody, more than one and a half field goals made. I'm on that, that one, is, too. That is another demon pick. Jake Moody, I don't know when he's made two field goals in a game, but it's been a while, and I kind of feel like he might be a topic of discussion in this game. And and I believe in Jake. I believe in, uh, I believe in just, you know, the fact that he's kicked in cold weather, the fact that he's got a big leg. Um, you know, I think this is going to be one of those games where maybe field goal, field goal here or there could decide it. And uh, I'm exuding confidence in the 49ers third round pick um, to come through here. So one and a half. I feel like it's a little bit generous for a demon pick, but I guess what, given how many touchdowns the 49ers have been scoring lately, that does make sense. Uh, maybe the most surprising uh, demon pick. And, and I do want to thank prize picks for, for giving this one to us. touchdowns for Debo Samuel. I'm going more than. Um, He just has to get in the end zone once. And Debo's been on a roll lately, scoring a ton of touchdowns, including two last week um, in Arizona. And then a normal pick, I'm going Gus Edwards, Ravens running back, fewer than 39.5 rushing yards. I think the Niners' defense is going to stop the run on Sunday. Point blank, period. And I think Lamar Jackson is going to be the guy who runs the ball the most for the Ravens. Knock us Edwards. I, I dig it. I'm going to push back on your first one. I am going with the demon pick of Gus Edwards, more than 59 and a half rushing yards. I think he's really going to be their only back. And I think that they are going to try and run, run, run on the 49ers and shorten the game. I think he gets to more than 59 and a half yards. It might take him. Maybe you're right. It might take him. 18 carries to get there, but I, I do think he gets there. And I like, I like the demon pick of more than 59 and a half rushing yards for Gus Edwards. I am riding with you on Jake Moody and Debo Samuel. Those are both demon picks more than one and a half field goals made more than a touchdown or half a touchdown for Debo Samuel. I, I, if I could choose specifically, I would choose a rushing touchdown. I think 
I'm feeling a, a rushing TD for Debo. I think Kyle Shanahan's going to get in his Duffy. He's going to get in his book bag in this one. And I think Debo Samuel is going to be the beneficiary of that. I'm going to go Christian McCaffrey. There's a goblin pick. I'm going to go more than 59 and a half rushing yards. And again, with those demons and goblins, you have to pick more. So I'm going to go more than 59 and a half rushing yards for Christian McCaffrey. Uh, again, I think Baltimore's defensive line is really good, but I think that with the amount of explosive plays and 49ers have been able to generate this year, I think even if Christian McCaffrey has a down game, he should get to, to, to 60 plus rushing yards. I'm going Brandon Ayuk, another demon pick more than half a touchdown rushing or receiving. And, uh, he hasn't, he hasn't scored in, did he, he didn't score last week. He hasn't scored in a, in a couple weeks. So I like, I like Brandon Ayuk to find the end zone this week. And then, is my one normal pick? I'm going Brock Purdy more than half an interception. And wow. I go to I go to the Ravens pass rush. I go to some of the stuff they're able to do with disguising coverages with with Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith and 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 Kyle Hamilton. I just I it feels like he's gonna throw one up and, and the Ravens are gonna take advantage. So I'm going with Brock Purdy more than half an interception. And that is my entry. My let's see. Yeah, geez, with the I, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna talk about, you know, specific finances here, but the goblin and demon multipliers help. Let me tell you, if you get, if I get all six of these correct, it'll the the payout is 44 times my entry. Don't hate that. I I actively love that actually. Yeah. Don't hate that. We love those multipliers. Boy, Shout out to Prize Picks. Love prize picks. Prizepicks.com slash candlestick. Use promo code candlestick for a first deposit match up to $100. That is prizepicks.com slash candlestick. Promo code candlestick for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks. Daily fantasy sports made easy. Yo, it's your homies Kyle and Chris for Lamb Chops. SGLambchops.com is the website. They are the official clothing brand of Candlestick Chronicles. And Follow them on Instagram at SG Lamb Chops because they have some really cool looking stuff that your bland ass boy over here is not very good at styling on his own. And so I pop over to the Instagram. I see how other people are are dressing themselves in uh, maybe it's the maybe it's the wolf shorts or the lion shorts or maybe it's a pair of joggers or maybe it's the ash gray hoodie that you and I love so much. And I, I base my outfits off of that and it always makes me look dope which is the single most important thing. And it's also comfortable. It's also high quality. Yeah. It's super yeah. stylish. They're conversation starters, honestly. They also have kids uh, kid sizes on here, too. Yes. That and is everything's correct. unisex, uh, yeah. we, we should point out also. So yeah. um, no matter if you're a man or woman, these clothes will look great on you. Or a child. Or a child. They have children's sizes and a lot of their <laughs> stuff as well. Use promo code CANDLESTICK20 today to get 20% off your order, or you can do it tomorrow or whenever. CANDLESTICK20 is a promo code any day of the week to get 20% off your order from sglambchops.com. Shout out to them. We really appreciate their support, and uh, we would appreciate it if you support them by going to sglambchops.com and ordering some dope, comfortable, high-quality clothing. Join the herd today. All right. Who wins? Yeah, I think the Niners win. I think... I, I honestly do think, like you mentioned, the Ravens sort of struggling in Jacksonville. The Ravens aren't going to be able to struggle against the Niners and beat that team on the road. Yep. I just don't see it. I agree. So the Niners, the way they're going right now, I think sort of like th- this might sound a little weird. I think the things that went wrong in Arizona, like the missed tackles and the, the bad run defense, the fact that that was an issue against Arizona and the Ravens being so good at running the ball, I think like that might have been a low-key good thing for them to like have to really mm. think about in the week leading up, right? Because we know the Niners are one of the best run defenses in the league, and obviously they didn't have a couple of their guys, and we'll see who, who comes back. Somebody, um, real quick, speaking of injuries at defensive tackle, mm-hmm. Javon Hargrave and Eric Armstead both didn't. Everything gets pushed pushed up a day because of, or I'm sorry, pushed back a day because of the Monday yeah. night game. So Thursday 
is typically their second practice of the week. So on a Monday night game, it's their first practice. No Javon Hargrave, no Eric Armstead. And then uh, Rydog in the YouTube chat uh, asked if Kalia Davis is done for the season now that he went on IR. I don't know the extent of the injury, but he you have to be on IR for at least four weeks, which is the rest of the regular season and then the first week of the postseason. So the earliest he would be even eligible to come back is the divisional round. And his injury is, is TBD on uh, whether he would be able to come back or not. So that's all. The 42 missed tackles in the last three weeks, <laughs> does that bother you? It's not I what think you that, want. <laughs> so, suboptimal for sure. No, I, I think that, honestly, that that concerns me more than than missing the two defensive tackles. Because they had they had opportunities last week against Arizona to to stuff up some of their bigger runs early, and they just whiffed. And that's one that's of, something if you're going to be missing your two starting defensive tackles, especially one like Eric Armstead, who's so good against the run. If you're gonna be missing both of those guys, then you need your Dre Greenlaws and your Jair Browns and your Fred Warners to be playing at a elite, elite level to make up for that. And they 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 didn't last week so i thought it looked like there was more space for the running backs for arizona's running backs to operate in large part because the niners tackles weren't playing particularly well against the run Mm -hmm. which made it more difficult to make tackles on the linebackers and that's not to like be an excuse for the missed tackles Mm -hmm. but i think it's harder to tackle guys in space than it is when things are congested right yeah and so that's that's the thing that I think if you're looking at it from Steve Wilkes' perspective, like how can we gum that up a little bit more? How can we prevent their prevent Baltimore from creating a bunch of space at the line of scrimmage that makes it more sure. difficult for the linebackers? You know, if the holes are bigger, there's more space for right, yeah, for a, a linebacker to occupy, and it's just going to be harder to make tackles in those scenarios. So, yeah, like. I think it speaks to just being more fundamentally sound when it comes to defending the run and also having more talent there in the form of mm-hmm. either Javon Hargrave and or Eric Armstead. Yeah, I agree. I think I I really think it's going to be dependent on if those guys play play or not. If they don't, I think Baltimore wins. And if if not, or if they do play or one of them, even one of them plays, I think the Niners win. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I, at this point, like, the, I think the Niners could hang thirty-five on anybody. So, yeah. like, mm-hmm. it could be if they don't play, if those guys don't play, and the defense does struggle, I do think the 49ers' offense is good enough to overcome that. But it will be a mm-hmm. lot more difficult. Yeah, I wonder if if the Ravens just turn it into a like grind it out, going to shorten the game, And like you said, muck it up and try and make it a 17-14 game where you just kind of limit possessions as much as possible. Yeah, that'll probably be the goal. Um, It doesn't look like we're going to get rain. It's not going to rain until Wednesday of next week. Good. Yeah, it's rain. We could use it, am I right? Sierra's wouldn't be mad. Ski resorts. Do you know how cool it was driving over by the Folsom Dam today and seeing like water going through it? it's cool i take it you haven't been over there in a while the last time i had been over there there was not water in it Mm. so it's cool anyways drop what a a noob yeah totally (laughs) ever been to the sac state aquatic center bro spent some time there over the summer very pleasant you you would you're a big outdoors guy went there for (laughs) Yeah, went there for a, for a birthday celebration. It was quite enjoyable. Did some oh, paddle boarding. Hey, they're not a sponsor. We don't need to do this. <laughs> no, that's true. Sac State Aquatic Center sponsored by... Man, that would be great. That'd be sick. That would be great. Anybody listens, hop in Kyle's DMs. All right. I know, <laughs> I know, I know the homie Ryan Bjork who works in the Sac State Athletic Department listens. I love that guy. What a great human. I talked to him. I'm so uh, happy I know him. Talked to him last week for a story. Of That's coming all out the... after Christmas. Shameless plug, but I think that he's one of the six best people I know. I feel really confident about that. Yeah, I don't really rank my friends like that, but that's cool. I do. That you think I have that. a whole list. Great. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> no, I, I I know you don't rank your friends number twelve. 
<laughs> I actually had I I do have a uh I when you're wedding planning you have to put your friends in tears and it Buddy. is it is not a fun experience. It's not fun to think about your friends that way, but so you just got to do it. That's why you do it in secret. Right. All right. So hopefully nobody nobody hacks the old spreadsheet. <laughs> um i wouldn't be sad if i was in like if i was if i was like tier three if i was below tier three i'd be pretty bummed in in my in my tiers yeah yeah am i am i we'll see all right uh this has gone (laughs) off the rails entirely. we'll see um all right this has gone off the rails entirely uh i think we're gonna be done now Thank you, everybody, for listening. Subscribe on YouTube if you're watching here. Just hit subscribe right there. Please hit the thumbs up button. Uh, It takes two seconds of your time, and and it helps us out a lot. And subscribe to the channel, and also hit that little notification bell so when we do a live, as we do after every game and a couple times a week, um, you will get notified, and you can watch. Also, we do this show, if you're new, we do this show... (laughs) False. Uh, We do this show... (laughs) year round we don't we don't take a break when it's not football season we're, we're we're doing shows uh throughout the year talking talking 49ers you know big picture small picture draft free agency uh just fun you know trips down memory lane kind of thing we do guests and stuff so i really appreciate everybody who who watches and listens um subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your pods as well uh please rate and review five stars would be great and that's going to do it for this 49ers Ravens preview. We'll see everybody on Tuesday. Yeah. Tuesday. Tuesday morning. Tuesday morning. Tuesday morning live show. Should we do a live show? Or yeah, why not? Why not? Okay. Tuesday morning live day show. After, have, some, have some coffee. People chilling. Yeah, man. Yeah. I love the idea that we're not going to make Tyler work on Christmas, but then we're like, hey, bro, can you be up at 7 a.m. to get this uploaded? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not going to do that. Won't, uh, won't Tyler's, be Tyler's the very best. All right. Goodbye, everybody. See ya. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.